0: Welcome to the official Jets podcast presented by Amazon Web Services. Episode two of the work from home edition here, the free agency breakdown. It's 838. Uh, It's Tuesday, I believe. I believe. Yeah, it's Tuesday. All the days feel the same. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. And we have a lot to get to today, but let's just kick things off right off the bat. The Jets officially made their first move of free agency re-signing or agreeing to terms, should I say, with starting left guard. For 12 games this past season, Alex Lewis. Joe Douglas, of course, said that the offensive line was going to be a priority for this team in the offseason and every season and offseason in which he is the general manager. And his first semi official move because of everything going on and the league at technically starting tomorrow, Alex Lewis is a member of the New York Jets. And then it was reported that the Jets had agreed to terms or reportedly struck a deal with. Broncos center Connor McGovern so EA let's just start with the re-signing of Alex Lewis because that was the agreement to terms that was official of course the social platforms put it out there so what do you think of the move and what this means for the Jets now and moving forward
1: well greens uh good evening to both you and live uh happy to be with you guys uh once again as we roll on here through free agency uh, just a crazy time we're living in kevin durant uh, test positive for coronavirus today along with three other brooklyn nets you got tom brady announcing that he's no longer going to be a new england patriot um and much of the United States on lockdown. So I feel blessed to have an opportunity to keep on talking a little bit about football with you guys and maybe get our minds off of things just for a moment. And I hope we can provide just the slightest distraction for everybody out there. But yeah, Alex Lewis, tough, hard nose guy. Remember when he was acquired by the Jets Um, Baltimore was actually going to put him on waivers, but Joe Douglas said, oh, no, I'll give you a draft pick. Um, And he came in last year. Green's supposed to play a reserve role, but then the Kalechi Osemoli situation occurred and Lewis came on board. I thought he played uh, pretty well uh, and he started 12 consecutive games for the Jets. So um, I thought, all along, that would be a guy of the six Jets unrestricted free agents who started along the offensive line last year. Was not surprised at all that Douglas brought him back. And I would also say that Joe Douglas is following up on everything he has said so far. Said so he's going to emphasize the offensive line while he agreed to terms with George Fant from the Seattle Seahawks. Then he re-signs Alex Lewis. And then tonight, we find out the Jets signed or agreed in principle, uh, correcting myself here, agreed in principle uh, with former Broncos center, Connor McGovern.
2: Yeah, and I think when you look at Joe Douglas and how he's been talking about building this offensive line, one of the most important things to do first and foremost is to take a look at the pieces you already kind of had Inside that locker room and say which pieces worked. So, for them to bring back Alex Lewis, who I think played such a critical role on the offensive line this past season, is really huge. And, like you already mentioned, EA, it's kind of crazy to have a guy who originally wasn't really meant to be a starter. And now you're signing him and bringing him back for three years. So, he also had, I mean, he was personally, I mean, I don't know about you, Ethan, but he was one of my favorite guys to always interview in the locker room. He's Always, Alex Lewis. yes, always willing to do a one on one, no matter what.
0: You know, Alex Lewis is one of the more interesting guys. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a character, that's for sure. And I don't know if a lot of fans know this, but he has a dance background because his mom. Uh, was a dance teacher when he was a kid. And then he took dance. And so he he was big into dancing when he was little, all different forms. I asked him what his favorite form of dance was. He said, oh, you know, I dabble in a little ballroom, a little hip hop, a little bit of whatever. <laughs> I love that. Um, I love so that, that. Was Before he was like 300 some pounds. And, um, you know, it's funny because These past two days feel like it's been forever and everybody's on the edge of their seat waiting to see not only what the Jets do, but what their team does in free agency. But so far, before free agency technically opens tomorrow, I believe it's at four o'clock, four PM on Wednesday, the Jets and Joe Douglas theoretically have agreed in principle with three offensive linemen. And I believe those really the only moves that have been reported on the surface so far of George Fant the former Seahawk, re-signing Alex Lewis and then bringing in Connor McGovern from the Denver Broncos, who's been their starting center for the past two seasons. He actually tweeted, I mean, nothing's official yet, I know, but he tweeted, couldn't be more excited to be a Jet. Hopefully with all this craziness going on, we can get to work soon. Excited for big things to come. Hashtag take flight. And that is some positivity from the Jets' new center, EA. And I think Jets fans should be excited about the direction that Joe Douglas is going, not only by addressing the offensive line, but really a bargain so far on these deals, not going for the splashy guys, but going for more quantity and quality and finding the perfect mix of those
1: two. Well, value, that's the word I'm going to look for. And a guy like Fant he's got experienced greens and lived both at left tackle and at right tackle was a third tight end for the Seattle Seahawks at times as well um i'm sure he projects to be a tackle for the jets um we'll have to hear uh, adam Gase and joe douglas talk about fant but he could be potentially a potentially your starting left tackle in 2020 and, and then um it, it, lewis Again, one of those tough, hard-nosed maulers. He's a good locker room guy. I think it also underscores what Joe Douglas said, has continued to say, he's looking for certain types of guys, people who love football. He said that there are too many easy ways out, and he's looking for competitive guys, team-oriented guys. And then he follows that up today with Connor McGovern, who, former fifth round pick from the Denver Broncos, and if you look at the trajectory, uh, the trajectory of his career, he started out he didn't play his rookie season, uh, and then he got in and he was playing some guard and center, and then in the third and fourth seasons, he became the full time center for the Denver Broncos, and Philip Lindsay became became the first undrafted free agent in the history of the National Football League to record back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. And the guy calling the signals and helping the quarterback with protections is a very important piece because the Jets' most valuable player is Sam Darnold.
0: Liv, did you see the video of George Fant catching a football and, run, and uh, he had a reception on Monday Night Football for the Seattle Seahawks and their highlighter green uniforms?
2: I did not see that. You're going to okay. have to send me no. that link. <laughs> well,
0: you you, you got to look for it because it's evident that he is extremely athletic and
2: Well, you know, I, I know he th- I will sorry to interrupt you but real quick I will say that somebody did send me a video on Twitter of him absolutely destroying people in basketball. So I did uh, see Yeah. That.
0: Yeah. So okay, so we talked about it yesterday that he's an athletic guy and I think that um, Randy Lang was doing some research, our, basically our historian, the best stats guy in the Northeast, and Randy <laughs> came across his article that basically said Fant wanted an opportunity to play on the left side of the line, and whether or not he found that with the Jets, I guess, will be to be determined, but we'll see. And, you know, as we move forward to the official start of free agency, if the Jets want to look to add some more pieces uh, along the offensive line, you know, there's still a handful of guys out there that could be starters, and one guy that I think piques my interest. And I don't know; it probably, I don't know if the signing of Alex Lewis makes this unlikely, but Andres Pete who Mm -hmm. played for the saints for the past couple seasons. I mean, he's a pro bowler in 2018 and 2019. He's a former first round pick in 2015. And when you look at these guys, I mean, I'm just curious to see if Joe Douglas is interested in any, any of the top second tier options. I mean, you look at, Jason Peters, I know I mentioned him last night. He's on, he's old. He's 38 years old. Andrew Whitworth, the left tackle for the Rams for the past couple seasons.
1: not all greens. All right,
0: fine. But it's old <laughs> in NFL years. EA.
2: Terms. <laughs> it
0: is old in NFL years. Mm-hmm. And I think that Andrew Whitworth is, you know, another one of those guys where I'd be curious to see would Joe Douglas want to go after either of those two, because, if you were to sign Jason Peters or Andrew Whitworth, I would imagine George Fant would be playing the right side. But then yet again, I don't know. And you know, I think a lot of fans want to see some more additions to the offensive line, and a lot of fans will point to the Bills from last year and how they approach free agency, and they signed seven offensive linemen, and they just said, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna build a wall around Josh Allen, and you know Joe Douglas loves his. his his big uglies. So I don't know if Whoa. this prohibits them from going after these kind of guys or if we're looking at a different
1: tier after Lewis, Fant, and McGovern. A good point about the Bills last year um, because a lot of those signings, like a guy like Quentin Spain, who they just re signed here in free agency, were value based signings. They had the one a guy with a very lucrative contract in that with center Mitch Morse. So um, yeah, I can, I'm starting to see some similarities there, Greens. I'm glad you mentioned the bills um, because they wanted to fortify what was in front of Josh Allen. Now I would also add what we all, you know, we followed the combine. We were there. Uh, one thing that struck me was Joe Douglas was very complimentary of Brian Winters. So, uh, I mean, uh, left to right right now, you could be looking at Fant, then um, Alex Lewis, McGovern, Winners, and... Uh, remember, Chuma Adoga got some starting experience as a rookie last year. So he, he'll be entering his second professional season. And the other thing I'd like to stress is that the Jets are still sitting there with the 11th overall selection. And again, one of those really talented four tackles could be on the board. And maybe the Jets like all of those options. And maybe they could still go uh, tackle early in the draft.
2: Yeah. Especially when you mentioned a couple of older guys, Ethan, you mentioned Jason Peters, Andrew Whitworth. I don't know, for me personally, do you think it makes more sense to pick up guys who are a little bit older or does it make more sense now that you've signed a couple of guys in free agency and you have some guys that might be returning to then just turn your focus to the draft?
0: Yeah, I think that's a, I think it's a good question. I I think that it's twofold. I think First of all, I don't know, this is just me and uh, with some, some guessing here. I feel like Joe Douglas, between the two older guys that I mentioned, would feel more comfortable bringing in Jason Peters, considering he spent time with the Eagles and he knows probably better than anybody else in the Jets organization what Jason Peters could have left in the tank compared to Andrew Whitworth. And Jason Peters is, I feel like, one of those staple guys that Joe Douglas would want to emulate in terms of traits and you know i know jason peters has had injury questions in the past but from everything that you read about jason peters it seems like um seems like he can still play and there's a a decent amount left in the tank and the benefit of going the draft route is one the the price you pay for some of these guys because they're on a rookie contract and two just their youth and the benefit of all these guys is they all have experience on the right side. So let's say theoretically you did sign Jason Peters who's been, you know, a staple left tackle in the NFL for years and you drafted Andrew Thomas out of Georgia, let's say Andrew Thomas has played left tackle for the Georgia Bulldogs the past 2 years, but his freshman year he started at right tackle. So it's not it's not new for him whereas if you look at Jedrick Wills, he's never played on the left side of the line at Alabama or in high school. So there's still so many ways that Joe Douglas can add to this offensive line and the one that we haven't talked about yet is trade and Joe Douglas has consistently said there's so many avenues in which you can add to a team at any position but because we're talking about the O line one of the big fish names out there that's been dangled around is Trent Williams the Redskins left tackle yeah but who, what
1: would the price be and, and where do well,
0: yeah, I, I think the price I feel like the price isn't in the draft capital you'd give up. I feel like the price would be in the extension that he supposedly is seeking. So I think that's I'm just using Trent Williams as an example, but I feel like Joe Douglas could go down that route, too. If you wanted to bolster the line, you could always examine trade just as the uh, just as Douglas did in August with Alex Lewis.
1: Uh, understood. You mentioned Peters a couple times. And listen, I'm not taking anything away from him. Had a great career, a well respected guy, tremendous in the room. And you mentioned it, Green, still a very effective player, despite his age at 38 years old. But if you bring in Fant, I, I, I kind of think you're going to pencil him in as starter. I don't want to get ahead of myself and, and speak for these no, guys. I agree with you, though. Uh, I, I know you're gonna to have to win the job and the and the other guy to to factor into the equation even prior to the draft is Dogo. I'm not saying is being a starter uh, is definitely a starter next year but say you did draft a tackle um uh, maybe chuma becomes your swing your swing tackle
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so i i just think what Douglas is doing right now is everything that we thought he would. And I think that people externally were looking at the monstrous names on the market and saying, well, the Jets are definitely going to make a splash with those guys. I never thought that it was definite that they were going to get one of those top guys and they were going to go above a price that they set internally and uh, he wants to build you're seeing the ways of trying to build it and, and again third time the night we're gonna mention buffalo last year a lot of value uh, guys they got and they spent on one big name and that was mitch morse and uh-huh. again this draft is loaded with offensive tackle talent. So we'll have to see what happens. And there's plenty of time still remaining in free agency um, to do even more up front along that offensive line.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Bills because I wanted to pivot into some Bills talk, not because of what they did last year, but because of what they did right after we stopped recording our podcast last night, the Bills then acquire Stefan Diggs, the receiver from the Minnesota Vikings, of course, a supremely talented. So in one day, DeAndre Hopkins was traded about lunchtime and then right before everyone went to bed, Stephon Diggs got traded to the Buffalo Bills. So the Jets will see Diggs twice a year for the foreseeable future. So Liv, I just wanted to get your take on Stephon Diggs now being a member of the AFC East.
2: I was definitely not surprised that he got traded because he had that tweet yesterday with the eyes emojis, you know, and Everyone was talking about him wanting change and this and that. So I wasn't surprised that a trade happened. I was surprised that it came, you know, he's headed to the AFC East, to the Buffalo Bills. But right away, you saw Josh Allen tweeting, you dig. (laughs) And so they had that back and forth, which was really cool. But to have Stefan Diggs in the AFC East, which now means that Greg Williams and this defense has to face a wide receiver with so much talent one of you know i would i would say it's fair to say he's one of the top 15 20 wide receivers in the league that's my personal opinion but to have him to have the jets defense with greg williams face him twice a year i mean that's got to be in the back of greg williams mind now right
1: i would assume so i mean yeah, I, I don't mean, know you know be- you know greg very well Liv. i i i think he's always like hey Hey, I'll play play with you three. I'll play with Liv, Greens, and EA. (laughs) We'll figure this out. (laughs) He he would make it
2: work. He's going to make it work.
1: He's got so much confidence, and he was one of the top assistant coaches in the National Football League last year. Uh, What a wonder it was just to watch him uh, work because the Jets endured so many injuries last year. I will say that the price was steep, but... Uh, what do you think, it, uh, both of you? I'd ask the questions. I would turn the table on both of you in terms of digs. And uh, maybe it was worth it for the Bills to go in that direction because they need a number one receiver. John Brown is a good player, but this opens things up for him even more. You got Cole Beasley at that slot position, <clears throat> and Diggs becomes a true number one receiver. He can go go up and get those contested balls. He is also a deep threat, um, and uh, the Bills are surrounding Josh Allen with a lot of offensive talent. Um, so when you looked at the price originally, I was thinking, "Oh my God, it's a lot of draft capital." But even though this is a draft. Uh, uh, I should say, a receiver-rich draft. Um, I don't know if the Bills were going to get somebody the talent of Stefan Diggs at 22 overall. So then what do you look at what you're giving up in addition to that? Yes, the fourth next year, but I believe it was what? A five and a six this year It might be i don't know if it's a gamble at all i think people looked at the compensation say oh my god but they're comparing it to the deandre hopkins deal again um every deal is different but uh, the bills i think were determined that we're going to go out and get a piece that gave them an opportunity to see what josh allen really is and can he take that next step
0: I feel like the Bills have officially, like they're shooting their shot, for lack of a better analogy. It feels like they're really going all in this year. And, you know, they were a playoff team last year. And to your point, felt like they needed a receiver. And Stephon Diggs is, I know, Liv, you said like top 20. I, I you know, I'm going to argue probably top eight. Yeah, Stephon top Diggs. is. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I said top eight just to, you know, make it a little more bold. <laughs>
2: but
0: I I know. Thank you very much. But (laughs) I think, uh, I think it was a good move for the bills. And to your point, EA, I mean, they have money to spend in free agency and they've been doing so I saw it was reported. They just extended Jordan Poyer. They signed Mario Addison who I'm sure was uh, under Sean McDermott in Carolina back when he was their defensive coordinator. So I feel like, the bills are are officially taking an aggressive step forward, and I think to your point, it's probably for the best, you know, moving forward this year. And you know, let's see what you got. And I, I'm, uh, I, I thought it was a good deal, and you know, I understand that giving up a lot of draft capital isn't necessarily. Uh, common for Brandon Bean, the general manager there. But if uh, opportunity arises, I mean, you remember last year, it was Ian Rappaport reported that Antonio Brown Mm -hmm. was being traded to the Buffalo Bills. And then that ended up falling through. And of course, Antonio Brown went to the Raiders and is now out of the league. But the Bills were clearly in need and wanted a top tier receiver. And I think they got one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think when you... Just take a look at the trade as a whole and look at this Bills team. They're a team who made a playoff run last season and they have a lot of the same pieces returning. They made the big trade for Stefan Diggs, signed a couple of free agents already, re-signed some returning pl- so some players that are going to be returning to this roster. I think I think that they're going to be again, yet again, a very good team this year. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm super excited to see Stefan Diggs twice a year. Playing against the Jets, I think that's going to be a great competition for Greg Williams, and I just think of players like Jamal Adams. Obviously, he's a safety, but we've seen him in pass coverage before too. So I, I'm really excited to see what this Jets defense can do against a wide receiver like him.
1: Yeah, that is you know, a great. That's a great lead-in, uh, Liv, because we can make the transition here when you're talking about Digs and what the Bills are doing offensively. Um. The Jets, we're going to find out here in the next couple weeks and and months what they're going to do at the cornerback position um, because right now there are some question marks. And, you know, I talked about it on the inside last night. Is that a nickel corner, Brian Poole, still out there? Um, and then uh, maybe some decisions to make with guys who uh, currently have contracts, but the, the Jets could... Free themselves up with some space as well. So uh, we'll have to see what happens in terms of what the Jets are not only doing at that nickel spot, but on the outside as well. And
0: uh, I mean, just a couple things here. We are talking about receivers. Well, Amari Cooper re-signed at at midnight, basically. He re-signed with the Dallas Cowboys. Robbie Anderson still remains unsigned, so we'll see what his market is like externally, and we'll see what his market, you know, if he ends up back in green and white. But I just wanted to focus on the AFC East because all these new faces between the Miami Dolphins bringing in Byron Jones, the Buffalo Bills bringing in Stephon Diggs. Well, a very familiar face, probably the most familiar face, in the AFC East will no longer be reportedly no longer be in the division that, of course, Tom Brady earlier today on Tuesday said he will not be re-signing with the Patriots will be taking his football journey elsewhere. And all signs point to Tampa Bay and Adam Schefter and all the experts reported that Tampa Bay is basically the front runner here for Tom Brady to be his new home in South Florida, which is, I mean, it's just crazy to think about. It feels like one of those days where everyone was like, Oh yeah, yeah, Tom, Tom Michael somewhere. Like he's just gonna resign. Like this happens every year, whatever. And the fact that it's actually coming to fruition that he will no longer be on the Patriots and will be wearing pewter and whatever their colors are. I can't even think about it because my <laughs> mind is just I can't even picture him in a uniform there. Yeah,
2: it's gonna be weird it's, to see it's him in a wild
0: to think about. It feels like Doomsday is officially here.
1: Oh gosh! Oh, Don't well, say easy. That. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> especially where we're at right now. Easy. I, 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 will, I will say yeah, this. Still this on
2: your vocab.
1: This makes me think. Uh, I just wanted to make sure you guys were awake. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm always going. This makes me think of Indianapolis when we had Anthony back on the official Jets podcast, and he said at the end, "I said, what do you think, uh, you know, Green's? When we had him on, and what do you think about Brady?" He said. I'm beginning to really think that he could go elsewhere. Well, Anthony Beck, the former Buccaneer. Yeah, you know, hey, I don't know what he was hearing in Indianapolis, but uh, yeah, that could happen. Brady, um, you can make the argument, and I don't think too many people are going to fight you on it that perhaps the greatest quarterback of all time, six Super Bowls, 30 playoff wins. 541 touchdown passes for one team. He's the first player in NFL history to switch teams after 20 seasons with one team. And wow. I I'll always go back to September 23rd, 2001 a jets, 10 to three victory over the Patriots at Foxborough when uh, Sean Ellis um, and company Uh, It got to uh, Drew Bledsoe and enters. Here comes this skinny kid from Michigan. Tom Brady goes five of 10 for 46 yards. And 20 years later, we're uh, five of 10 for 46 yards in the Jets victory. And 20 years later here, we're talking about perhaps the greatest ever. And yeah, it's going to be odd. It's going to be odd that he's going to be playing with a different team. And in January, Liv, if I asked you, Liv, do you think Brady, number one, is going to play for a different team next year? And number two, is he going to be playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? What would you have told me?
2: I would have told you that you were crazy, honestly, <laughs> because I'm not going to lie. I was shook when he, when he posted that on both Twitter and Instagram, informing everybody that he was no longer going to be a Patriot. I just, it's crazy to wrap your head around As, you know, a person who is not a professional athlete to think, wow, it's crazy. He spent 20 years with one organization. I don't know how many other players or if there are other players that have ever done that. But yeah, I was definitely a little bit in shock. And like, to your point, EA, to imagine him in any other team color, but let alone Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's crazy. I did see this tweet um, earlier And it said TB plus TB in TB. So Tom Brady plus Tom Bowles in Tampa Bay. So, you you know, three, I I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm going to add another B in there. You know, uh, Antonio Brown had reported or had told everybody that he's only playing if he plays with Tom Brady. And not to speculate here, but Antonio Brown is from Florida. He lives in Florida. And oh, by the way, Bruce Arians was his coach on the Pittsburgh Steelers, not his head oh. coach. But he was, yeah. So there, there are some ties That's there easy. and, uh, you know, I, I wonder, I, you know, I'm, I don't want to speculate, but I just wonder if, if Tom and Antonio Brown had, um,
1: all right. You are speculating. <laughs> what, what do you think about it? What I do you what about? it is. <laughs> what you I, want, I want the conspiracy theory. Grainy, <laughs> take it easy. What do you think about, though, on a serious note? And we're going to joke about it a little bit here in a second. We'll get back to some light moments. Bruce Arians, who I, I think is one of the top offensive minds in the game, bottom line, and he he's a tremendous guy and he's a good coach. Uh, Mike Evans, uh, You got Godwin there, O.J. Howard, Cameron Bray, and then TB, the former Jets head coach, Todd Bowles, um, heading up that Tampa Bay defense. What do you think overall about the Buccaneers? I'm not asking predictions 2020, but what do you think about what they can do with Brady down there?
0: I feel like... I feel like on paper, you got to watch out for the the Buccaneers, because if you when you look at what Jameis did last year, he had a career year. Granted, he was a part of the 30-30 club, the 30 touchdown, 30 interception club. And Tom Brady, between 2016 to 2019, only had 29 interceptions compared to Jameis's 30 just this past season. So I feel like I feel like. Tom Brady's going to love it down there. I mean, he's going to sling the rock to Mike Evans, who's obviously one of the best receivers in the game. And then Chris Godwin's one of the best in the game, just based on this past year alone. And, you know, Chris Godwin's probably going to have to change his number. I'd assume he wore number 12 at Penn State. He's number 12 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers currently. But, and then how about this? I mean, they have OJ Howard and Cameron Brady. And I know that OJ Howard didn't get used a lot. This past season, but just to have somebody that was so productive and such a high draft pick, I feel like, you know, I don't know if the offense will necessarily change with Tom there, but we know how much Tom Brady loved to throw the ball to Rob Gronkowski in his heyday. So I wonder if the tight end will be a little more utilized this next season in twenty twenty and I think on paper, you know, it looks pretty good. They re-signed Jason Pierre Paul mm-hmm. yesterday. They franchise tag Shaq Barrett, who led the NFL in sacks this past year and, you know, I, I still think that they have some some holes to fill if you're just going by on paper, but I think that every team's going to have holes and oh, how about this? Devin White, the rookie linebacker this past year, yeah, he had a pretty good year for being a rookie and I, I think that the arrow is definitely pointing up for the Tampa Bay Bucks, and you know, put Tom Brady there. The Super Bowl's in Tampa. Let's let's start the speculating here. Oh, you know, I, there, there, there's yeah. definitely going to be there's a hundred percent going to be an article talking about Tom
1: Brady being the first. That already was, yeah. Come on, that Green's. Already was. <laughs> you're behind.
2: You're behind. Yeah,
1: your Greens. Sale. Whatever. That's where you're getting it from, anyway. Hey, <laughs> <Well>, lit. <laughs>
2: when you think about jumping off your guys point also when you think about it uh if he does sign with the Buccaneers he's also going to be facing every single day in practice a Todd Bowles defense and little reminder the Jets were you know number seven overall ranked defense this past season but they were number two against the run they came second to only Todd Bowles run defense so to think that They're gonna have the Buccaneers are already going to have a very solid defense to Mm -hmm. now add Tom Brady into the mix with some of the offensive weapons that they have. Um, Big fan of Mike Evans over here. He, uh, Uh, you 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 had him on
0: your fantasy team, right?
2: For a past few years, yeah. I think think they could be uh, pretty, pretty deadly on paper.
1: Anyways, no no doubt. So let's bring this back to Jets angle, though. Live. Uh, what do you think not to, obviously this is going to have an impact on the jets because the jets face the Patriots twice a year. And this is a team that's dominated the AFC East. Uh, you're talking about, I believe 18 division titles over the last 20 years with that being said, do you think uh, the Patriots will have Jared Stidham start opening day or you think their starter starting quarterback is not currently on the roster you don't even got to name That's names a great because question. there are guys out there who people are talking about trade targets and we all know the various names yeah. i just want to know what you think if you think that perhaps they stick with Stidham and bring somebody else in as insurance maybe to compete with him or do you think that belichick has a guy in mind because you know he's prepared for this.
2: I think, and this is just my personal opinion, I think they are going to, I think Billichek is going to bring in another guy. I mean, when you think about some of the quarterbacks that are out there still, what if possibly... Don't know if schematically it would work, but what if Cam Newton came to the Patriots? I mean, that could be something very interesting. Wow, yes. Today
1: he was granted, what, permission to seek a trade. And I know there was a a little bit of back and forth that we don't have to get into, but everybody knows what we're talking about.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And when you think about Jared Stidham, the first time the Jets kind of went up against him, Jamal Adams had a pick six. So, um, yeah, I'm not gonna say I'm. You know, I'm just bringing that up. The I, I, I
0: want to throw, in throw in, that uh, out there. I want to throw in an interesting wrinkle here. James Winston, and James
1: Winston, an unrestricted free agent.
0: Yeah, well, actually, what I wanted to, I think, an interesting potential ripple effect could be what happens with. Jacoby Brissett in Indianapolis. And if he ends up getting cut because of uh, salary cap reasons or whatever it is, because Philip Rivers reportedly is going to join the Colts, does Jacoby Brissett go back to New England and compete with Jared Stidham for the starting job? And Jared Stidham won the backup job in New England this past season. It wasn't like he was just, you know, they drafted Jared Stidham and he was the number two from the day he was drafted. He, I'm pretty sure he won that job. Um, And so, therefore, I think that the Patriots do have some some amount of confidence in him. I just don't know to what extent, and none of us do, really. I don't think anyone does because he hasn't been thrown the keys. But I will say, if you look back to when Tom Brady first was given the keys to the offense, no one thought that the 199th overall pick was going to do what he did. And I think that the history that Bill Belichick— being comfortable with a young kid under center leading his team. I don't, I can't rule it out that Jared Stidham would not be that guy moving forward. Yeah. This yeah. year. Yeah. That's I, I, you know, I, I do live mentioned
1: like- Cam Newton and uh, Andy Dalton could be a potential trade uh, target. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people have you talked about it. that Jacoby Brissett, greens. You brought him up Jameis Winston unrestricted free agent. Um, <laughs> Uh, It it is going to be fascinating for the Jets next year to be facing a New England Patriots team without Tom Brady. I know he's 43 years old, but we talked about the Buccaneers a little bit before, and you said the 30-30 club. That's one thing that Brady always did for the Patriots. He protected the football, and (laughs) that's something that Bill Belichick has stressed throughout his Hall of Fame career. So whoever is under center is going to be required to hold on to the football, protect the football.
0: You know, um, before we wrap things up here, I just want to I want to focus a little bit more on the look ahead as opposed to the look back. And one other thing before we continue on, Teddy Bridgewater, supposedly new newest Carolina Panther. Mm. Congratulations to Teddy. I mean he, he had a short stint with the Jets, of course, a summer and a preseason before he was traded to the New Orleans Saints, and he reunites with Joe Brady, the Carolina Panther offensive coordinator who spent some time in New Orleans before joining the LSU Tigers for a season. And of course they won the national championship, whatever. But moving forward, you know, w- one thing that I find interesting is there's still some very big names left on the defensive side of the ball in terms of free agents. I mean, Robert Quinn reportedly went to the Chicago Bears today, but Jadavian Clowney is still out there. Mm-hmm. Dante Fowler still out there, and then when you look at the cornerbacks, Chris Harris is still out there, and Trey Wayne's got a big deal today. But if the Jets want, you know, I I, I know that we talked about Joe Douglas finding value guys to sign in free agency. But if he decided for whatever reason that he wanted to address pass rusher or cornerback and go for a top-tier free agent, there are still some very good players left out there. And even if the Jets don't get those guys, I'm very curious to see where they end up overall.
1: Oh, I agree. Listen, the league year is not starting until Wednesday at 4 p.m. I I mean, I I guess some people could be listening to this around four o'clock Wednesday or whatever. But the league year truly doesn't start um, until 4 p.m. That's when players can officially sign their contracts. But oh, yeah, free agency is going to go on and on. And you have multiple tiers and multiple waves. There are a lot of good players out there. Uh, The trick is... If you're going to sign somebody who is 30 plus, what role, and I'm not talking about money, I'm talking about age, is what role are they going to play for you? Uh, Because typically, the cautionary tale in free agency is you want to find a guy who is still an ascending player who you believe, by and large... Unless you're in a certain place, your organization, your team is at a certain place and you need a piece here, a piece there, you want to find ascending talents because, um, and that's where the Jets are at right now, too. Yeah. Uh, you, could they get a couple guys, 30 plus, in here? They could, but. When when you look at what they've done here early in free agency, when we talk about the offensive line, all three of those guys, they're in their 20s. You could say Fant is a guy with a very interesting ceiling who is a tremendous athlete who maybe they can take him to the next level. McGovern is what, 25, 26 years old, who's been a two-year starter at center. So you have to think his best football is ahead of him. And likewise, Alex Lewis is a young guy as well. So I'm looking at the guys in the in the 20s, and can you bring them into your system and develop them? Because everybody thinks of players sometimes as finished products, but what roles are they playing for you in your system? And remember what the CBA really emphasized to me, everyone, was that Sixty to sixty-five percent of the players in the National Football League are your minimum salary guys. Yeah. So you're going to have to fill out the roster as well.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. I I do have a question. So I know that the official league year starts tomorrow at four p.m. as in Wednesday, March eighteenth, four p.m. Eastern time. But what you know with these new rules as far as the coronavirus goes and how it's going to affect signings, aren't some teams basically being given the right to n- decide to not sign a guy until they have completed that physical, because a guy can technically still decline doing a physical that them and the team have, are trying to agree on. So if a guy doesn't get the physical, can they still choose to not sign a player?
0: I'm not sure on the exact nature of the literature. Obviously this is like uncharted waters and, yeah but i did see to your point i did see that let's say theoretically a free agent is across the country or in a different state the player and the team can agree on a neutral physician to conduct a physical but yes. i did see that the player had the option to decline so exactly. and, and i mean we've talked about this before like how, how do you how i don't know how a team signs off on paying somebody a lucrative contract Without that player taking a physical, yeah. and you know, I, I'm just I'm very curious to see how it all plays out. And yeah, you know, I think it's just one day at a time. Maybe it's one of those things where teams just agree to terms, and then once this whole thing kind of blows over to a point where you can travel safely. Or you know you think you can travel safely, then you go to the facility, you take a physical, and then everything becomes official at a later date. Short answer: I have no idea.
1: I think I think I think, I think where we are right now is that third party. You're gonna you know, and, and it's unsettling. It's probably, probably unsettling for every team in the National Football League. It's it's not the way um, any team would want it. But given the current situation, I think the league and the players association are trying to make the best out of a tough situation. Bottom line,
2: yeah, absolutely. I think tomorrow is really going to go down as a very interesting day, to say the least. I think we'll, yeah, we'll find out a lot of stuff maybe we weren't expecting. Who knows?
0: Tom Pellicero just tweeted, he says, don't expect a flood of official signing announcement at 4 p.m. tomorrow. The memo says teams may not announce a player has agreed to terms pending a physical only if they have executed a contract with the player. So obviously this is yeah, a lot yeah. of wait and see right now, but, yeah. you know, but that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of free agent juice because it's not. All, it hasn't even been 48 hours and we're talking about a lot of top tier talent that is uh, you know reportedly agreed to terms with different teams so i expect more of that to trickle well, out tomorrow yeah. but it, it, it's then, it, nothing
1: official yeah, yeah greens and live uh, it's uh, for me it's going to be the domino game you talked about some of those defensive talents on the edge so let's just say a clowny goes first it, and does that kind of set the market where teams start and then they start moving in that direction likewise there's a lot of cornerback yeah. names out there A Mm -hmm. lot of cornerbacks out there. I mean, we talked about Bradbury Jones going early, no doubt. But there's still a lot of uh, prominent names on the market. And then I go back to the receiver position. Yeah, Amari Cooper got the deal, the five-year, what, $100 million deal, I think was reported. But uh, Robbie Anderson still floating about. Brashard Perryman, Dorsett, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarcus Robinson. I know. There's a lot of names still out there. There's a lot of ball left to be played. So... Just wrapping things up. That was the tip of the
0: iceberg. And so many moves have been made over the past, you know, 36 hours. So many more moves will be made, especially when you consider the middle class of each team. And I think the Jets, to your point, are going to look to fill out a lot of the middle class moving forward, considering the way that Joe Douglas has started his free agency with Connor McGovern, who to EA's point is turning 27 in late April. Alex Lewis re signed or agreed to terms. He will turn 28 in late April. And then George Fant, who agreed to terms with the Jets reportedly yesterday, he's 27 years old. So the first three moves for Joe Douglas in his first free agency as general manager of the New York Jets to surprise nobody, three offensive linemen. And we'll monitor this each day as we move forward. So if anything happens past the 9.30 hour here, it's not our fault. We'll cover it tomorrow. And thanks for listening to the official Jets podcast powered by AWS. EA Live, stay safe and keep washing those hands.
2: Peace out.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt.